0: How many of you has got your game face on today? Yeah, several of you. Good to see you this morning. Today I just want to get right into it because we're continuing our series, game day. And today here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk about getting off the bench. Last week we talked about exiting the stands. Do y'all remember that? It's one thing to get out of the stands, but it's a whole other thing to get off the bench. I believe we have too many sideline Christians today. I think if we had to identify what the bench meant, it's where you sit today. Get off the bench. I think that God's called you to do something with your life, right? Too many Christians living on the bench and missing what God has in store for them. Come on, man, there's there's more to this life. There's more to the church life than you just coming to church and enjoying yourself and being a consumer and a spectator and just kind of going through the motions. God never called us to go through the motions. You know, some people, I told you, you know, if you don't get off the bench at this church, you're going to feel very uncomfortable. (laughs) Right? You're going to feel just very uncomfortable, which it's fine. I'm not trying to condemn you, you know. You've got your life. You know what's important in your life and all of that. I'm just trying to get you to where God has called you to be because all of us are called to do something. You can't do everything. Sometimes you look at other people and you say, well, I can't be like that person. Well, of course you're not because, or, or you can't because you're not that person. Let me tell you something. Quit trying to be like me. I'm the only me that there is and everybody said if my wife was here she'd say thank Jesus right but you're your only you and you in Christ have to be the best you that you can be you've got to do what you can do not what others can do do you know that everybody in here has a talent to do something Everybody has something in you that you can do But here's what happens. We have this mentality of when someone finally notices me You know why I'm sitting in this chair pastor Jamie because no one's notices me No one has chosen me. No one picks me to be on the team. It's like you're the you're the player that got picked last How many players do I have in here that got picked last in high school or junior high or? Elementary, some of you, I'm sorry sorry. I never felt that in my life (laughs) He got it, I'll let that sink in just for a minute But honestly, there's this mentality of No one notices me, nobody's going to choose me So I will start this game of life In the Christian world, in the church When someone picks me Let me tell you something God has picked you God has chosen you He's called out your name You need to look in the mirror when you get home Some of you, you're, you're there all the time But you need to look in the mirror when you get home And you need to say, you know what? God chose you God's called you God's gonna use you you're gonna reach people for Christ You're gonna be a witness for Christ. You are who God said you are you can do what God says you can do come on now Luke chapter 10 verse 2 very very popular text in church world when you're talking about recruiting volunteers or getting people to serve in the harvest field of Christ Luke chapter 10 verse 2 says this Then he said to them The harvest truly is great But the laborers are few Can I read that again? The harvest truly is great But the laborers are few Do you understand that there's a great harvest A harvest of souls That God desires to have right here in Dixon, Tennessee. Maybe you're watching online and we have people watching from totally different states just far, far away from here, okay? But I want to tell you, if you're watching online that God has a great harvest around you. God have a, has a great harvest in the hospital system that you work in. In the office complex that you work in. In the factory that you work in. In the Walmart that you go and buy groceries in. In Kroger. In Big Lots. Hallelujah. All of these places, God has a harvest field. The harvest is plentiful church Can I just cry out today and let you know That the harvest is truly plentiful That God is looking for laborers for the harvest He's longing He's longing for somebody to step up And say here I am Choose me Forget about people choosing you God is choosing you The Bible goes on in Luke chapter 10 verse 2 and to be part of that verse and it says, therefore Pray the Lord of the harvest We need to get on our face and we need to cry out Not just for our community, but for people that will be the hands and the feet of Jesus in our community we need to cry out to God and we need to pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest This is not compassion Church's harvest. This is not to build big numbers This is because we're doing what God has called us to do Come on people We've got to do it. We've got to get in the game. We've got to get off of the bench We've got to say Jesus here. I am put me in I'll be the best witness that you've ever seen There's a harvest There's a harvest of souls Lord, there's an anointing in this place For you to do something great today Use me, I can't do this without you standing up here I'm just mortal man Without your Holy Spirit on the inside of me But I thank you for your Holy Spirit I thank you for your conviction today I thank you for your your, your longing to be with us Your longing to see us do your good, pleasing and perfect will in our life We give you praise for what you're going to do in this place In Jesus' mighty name And everybody said Amen, amen Let me tell you something, church God is calling God is calling He's calling your name He's got your name on His radar And He's looking out And He's saying, Joanne, I need you in the game I need you in the game He's looking all across, and you put your name in that place, and he's calling out to us. In Matthew chapter 28, we hear Jesus himself, and he said, Here's what I want you to do, guys. I want you to get in the game, and I want you to go. He didn't say, I want you to sit down. He said, I want you to go, therefore, into all the world, preaching the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus has called us to do. He's called us to go. Go. That's a word for somebody in this. Listen, it's ready, set, what? Go. Some of you, we've come out of the stands and we're ready, but then we're on the sidelines and we're on the bench and we're set and we stay set the whole time of our life. Listen, the gun from God is popping and he's saying, go, run your race. Do what I've called you to do. Get out into the harvest field. Do you not understand that the harvest is plentiful? You know what that means to me? The harvest is so plentiful even in our community. We can't build a new building that fits the people that God wants in this community. We're going to have to partner with other churches. We're going to have to help fill other churches up. Why? Because we can't hold the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. Jesus said, go. But some people go, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? Start where you are. Start right where you are. Don't think that you have to be at a specific place in your life. Don't think that you have to act a specific way. Just start where you are. Start right where you are. Don't wait five years from now to when you think that you're going to be clean and you're going to be totally away from all those thoughts and and, and desires that your flesh has. I still have thoughts and desires from my flesh. I've been in this thing for over 18 years. I, know I only look 21 but you know I've been in this thing for 18 years I love what Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 says check this out listen to what it says do not despise these small beginnings do not despise the small beginnings in your life don't despise them don't despise the day of small beginnings is what one version of the Bible says Some of you, you look at the beginning of your life, the beginning of your servanthood in Christ, and you go, well, I'm just a little measly greeter. I'm not doing anything for Christ. The devil is a liar. Amen? You're not just a measly greeter. You're a servant of the Most High God. Come on now. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Big doors swing on small hinges. Dynamite comes in small packages. God's got a plan for you and a purpose. He goes on in that verse, and I love it. I underlined it for you today. It says, For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices. When you begin the work of the Lord in your life, Jesus is rejoicing. Jesus is happy. Jesus is looking at you, and He's going, Man, I'm so proud of Him. I'm so proud of her. I'm rejoicing with them. Why? Because they have begun. The key to success in your life is to start I got a starting anointing on my life right now I feel like somebody in this room You know what you need? You need to start You need to quit thinking about starting You need to just get in the game And start doing what God has called you to do Come on now Who's willing? Who's able? How? Listen to this How can God complete something in you If you don't start? What does Philippians 1, 6 say? He who began a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. How can he even complete something if he hasn't begun something in you? If you haven't begun to step out of your seat, step out of your will and in your emotions and your way of life and step into his will and his way of life and his emotions and his call and his purpose. Come on. I'm trying, brother. You gotta start where you're at. You gotta use what you got. Use what you got. Well, I'm not talented. Everybody's talented at something. Use what you got. It's talent that gets people on the field. It's not just being part of the team. What I'm asking you to do is be the players on the team, the field players of the team. Some people are happy just to be part of the team. What church you go to down there? Well, I'm, I'm part of Compassion Church, hallelujah. Bless the Lord, Oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Well, what do you do? What, do, what are you serving? What, what's, what's your role? What do you do at the church? Oh, I, I'm just part of Compassion Church. I just love See, some people are just happy with being part. Just, uh, ju- just a, a name. You got a jersey. That's awesome. You're on the sidelines. A lot of people on the sidelines are not making the impact it's the people in the game that's winning the game amen it's the people in the game that's on the defense and on the offense and going to and fro trying to find who God loves and who's God who God is seeking and what they can do that's who's in the game right I can remember it's been uh, years back now it's probably been eight to ten years ago I've been with compassion almost 11 years now and uh, I, I can remember a lady came up to me one time those of you that's been here quite a while have probably heard this story But I was pastoring another location at compassion Church And this lady comes up and we were doing something similar like we do You know in the month of August and we do this every year and we, we just really encourage people to get involved and get in The game the whole month and and this lady comes up and she's like well I, I just don't know where I fit And I go, oh, okay, all right. Well, at that point, we didn't have a thing called a next step card, right? We didn't have this back then, you know. We were just kind of communicating with different people, and I said, hey, look, here's what you could do. Why don't you just get on a team somewhere and see if you fit, have a first serve. If you don't like that, we'll move you somewhere else. And she was a little contrary, and she really didn't want to do that, but I encouraged her, and she said, okay, where do you want me first? It's like, because I know it's going to be a second and a third and a fourth and fifth, right? It's not like this is going to fulfill me right off the bat. So I said, well, you know what? You're you're awesome lady. She was an older lady, probably in her 70s at that time. And I said, you're an awesome lady. You're always friendly. You always have a smile on your face. Let's put a bulletin in your hands. Back in the day when we passed out bulletins and she put a bulletin in her hand, she came back next week and she said, no. Pretty much like that too. And I said, well, I mean, you're a sweet lady. You're an older lady. What about the nursery? And she snarled her nose. And I said, well, what about the nursery or the kids department or something? And she said, okay, round two, ding, ding, let's go. So I sent her down to the nursery. She come back the next week and said, heck no. She didn't really say that, but she, she's like, no, that, that's just not my See, I told you I didn't have a place. And it, it was like God just convicted me. God just put something inside me. And, and here's where it went. I said, okay, stop. I got it all wrong, and I want, I want to apologize. What are you gifted at? What is it that you love? And she said, my husband. <laughs> Which they were in love. And I said, well something else, because I don't need you and your husband doing anything <laughs> at church. So, I know you're 70 and all, but I know you. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are crazy people. And, and I said, no, but really, what do you do? What, what do you like? What do you enjoy when you're just out in the public or when you're at home? What do you do? What do you like? And she said, oh, well, I know what I like, but I can't do it at church. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, I like knitting. That's what she said. And I said, well, that's awesome. Use your gift for God. If you like knitting, that's your gift. That's what's in your hand. Use that specific gift for God. And she says, well, I don't know how that I I can knit. And I said, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go home and this week pray about how God can use you in knitting in our church? Start a knitting group if you want to. Start whatever you want. But let's just see how God can use you in that area. This may be the last straw, sister. You know? She comes back the next week, and she's so excited, and she says, Jamie, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. And I said, what? And she said, we have a young church, which we did back then, about 10 years ago in Waverly, Tennessee. And and, and she said, we've got a lot of young people, and all these young people, they're doing what God's called them to do. They're fruitful and multiplying. And all of these little babies are showing up. So here's what I feel like I can do. I can knit these little babies, the brand new babies that come into our church, I can knit them a little quilt little baby blanket. So every time that one of these babies are born, I can give this baby blanket to the children. And I said, look at you. You're in the game. Look at what you're doing. You're using your gift. You know, that lady could have sat on the bench all of her life if she didn't have a coach in her life encouraging her to take the next step. That's all I am up here today. I'm a coach in your life trying to encourage you to take the next step. But here's what, here's what we think. We think that we have limited resources. We have limited talent. What is your talent? What's your talent? Come on over here, buddy. Yeah, you. Caleb, can you come up here? Can you come up here? Garrett, do you care to come up here? Jimmy, could you come up here just real quick? I want you all to line up right up here. Stand right there. Stand right there. Stand right. Nope right here all right normal people right jimmy would say he's a little abnormal he's a little bit more gifted than everybody else in the room but outside of that these are normal people right check this out hold on just a second let me slip by you y'all just keep facing that way here you go buddy hold this How many of you have ever heard of Shamgar in the Bible? Shamgar. No one? Read your Bible. (laughs) Actually, he's mentioned in one verse of the Bible. Judges, chapter 3, verse 31. He became one of the judges of Israel. Listen to what Judges 3, 31 says. After Ehud, or if I get this wrong, you would too, Shamgar, son of Anath, rescued Israel. Listen, he once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. You know, he looks like a Shamgar. <laughs> Shamgar, stand up here. Come, come stand up here. I hope I'm getting this across to you guys. Just stand right up here. All he did, Shamgar, all Shamgar did was used what was in his hand. He killed 600 Philistines with a stinking ox-gold. Now, I personally made this and don't know if it's exactly what an (laughs) ox-gold looks like. I went down in my backyard, just cut a tree down, whittled that thing down. I felt like I was in the 1900s, baby. You understand what I'm saying? But here's what I have to get to you today with Mr. Shamgar. Shamgar did what he could. Do you know the odds against Shamgar? The odds were 600 to 1. Do you know what Mark 9 says? All things are possible with God. Some of you, you know why you're not getting off the bench? Because the odds are against you. It's, it's more, some of you, it's more than 600 to 1 because of the past that you've lived, because of the divorces that you've had, because of the bankruptcies that you've went through, because of the hell that you've went through on this earth. The odds are against you. But right here, let me tell you something. When you put a man of God, whether the odds is against him or not, in the game, the odds can be 600 to 1, but all things are possible with God. Amen? Amen. Go right over here, stand back over here. Hold your, hold your ox gold, Mr. Farmer, like you mean it. Here's the next one. Now this is a little modern day, but who you think I'm going to talk about? Who? David. David, come step up here. David was just a shepherd boy. See, some of you think that all of these big characters in the Bible were these big, mighty people, and God used them because of their might. No. Here's David. David is just a young teenager. He's just a, I think this looks, see, he fits the role of David, doesn't he? Right? Right? I need you again next service. Stay around. Okay. So David had a slingshot and five smooth stones. That's it. He had limited resources, but it did not stop him from knocking the giant down in his life. Are y'all with me? Some people say, well, if I had what David had, then I could do what David's doing. That's not true. That's what was in his hand. See, Saul, we talked about it last week. Saul tried to clothe David in his armor, didn't he? He tried to clothe David in his armor. David couldn't win with Saul's armor. What did David have to have? David had to have his armor, his slingshot. You can't win trying to be like someone else. Well, I don't have their gifting. I don't have their talent. I don't have that smile. I don't have that ability to build stuff. Well, if you don't have the ability to build stuff, don't build stuff. Do what God has called you to do. See, this is what was in David's hand. This is what was in Shamgar's hand. But listen, what's in your hand? Go back and stand over there. Mr. Man. I want you to come and stand right up here. I'm going to get your stuff. There you go. Now, who do you think this is? why because he's (laughs) no are you serious Jimmy I'm so sorry I'm so sorry actually it's Moses (laughs) Moses is you (laughs) Moses had a stinking stick but God used him to deliver a whole nation Moses had a stutter what did God call him to do? I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him. Listen, you've got you to listen to what God's Word's saying. Listen, I want you to tell him to let my people go. The last thing that Moses would have wanted to do was to go tell someone anything. The story goes that that Moses took so long getting let out that Pharaoh just said, Get out of here, you and your whole nation, right? Let right? Let my people go. But here's what God did. God used someone with an inability, with with a speech impediment, someone who other people would probably say is unworthy and shouldn't be in a position or is not fit for the job. But he said, Look, all I need you to do is use what is in your hand. Because God looked at Moses one day and said, What is in your hand? That's how God speaks. Okay? What is in your hand? See, listen, the miracle is not in what you don't have. It's in what you do have. Are you all with me today? You go back and stand. Now this guy, don't you get the big head. Come stand in the center. This guy had a brand new towel from Walmart. I just stand there for a second. Who do you think this is? Who do you think it is? I told you not to get the big head. This is Jesus. You know what Jesus had in his hand? He had a towel. The story goes in John chapter 13, you can go back and read verses 3 through 14, but the story goes that at the Last Supper, Jesus gets up from the table and he grabs a towel and he girds the towel around his waist and he goes and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. Wow. I mean, come on, this was the king of the Jews. This was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He could have done anything. He could have kicked back and said, do you know who I am? Wash my feet. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus took his towel and he kneeled down to all of the disciples. And he said, here. Give me your feet. And I was going to get somebody up here and wash their feet, but heck no. (laughs) I just ain't going to (laughs) do it. He grabs the feet of these people, and if you don't know culture back then, do you know what Jesus just did? Jesus went to the bathroom and cleaned toilets. That's what Jesus just did. If we don't watch it, we will get to the place to where we feel like we're too good to go clean toilets When our number one example was Jesus and Jesus took a towel girded around his waist sat down Propped the feet of every disciple up and began to wash the feet of Jesus now I want to or, or, or wash their feet. Let me let me tell you something that had to be a, a moment that had to have been a moment could you imagine the Son of God kneeling down and washing your feet? Can you imagine people of high authority, someone who is well-respected, someone that was the Messiah getting down on his knees and sitting down or whatever he was and literally washing the feet of the disciples, the nastiest thing that he could have done in culture, the lowest of lows. Those that humble themselves shall be exalted. But those that exalt themselves shall be humbled. Judas exalted himself. Jesus humbled himself. And Jesus used what was in his hands. Jesus showed his passion for others. How? Through servant leadership. Are y'all with me today or not? Yeah, go ahead. Clap, clap, clap. Y'all are good. Y'all are good. Thank you. Go ahead and sit down. Just lay your stuff down. It's all right. It's all right. It looks good. Moses, if you lay that down, it turns into a snake. I'm running. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you are willing to be a servant leader like Jesus was? Let's go back to Luke chapter 10. I'm changing it up on you guys just a little bit. Not going into any of my other stuff. I don't feel like it. Luke chapter 10, verse 2 says this Then he said to him, Listen, the harvest truly is great. Let that sink in for a moment, church. The harvest is great. What are we going to do? How are we going to reach this city? Hey, let's get it a little closer. How are we going to reach your husband that's not coming to church with you? How are we going to reach your wife? How are we going to reach your children that are wayward and they're running and they're, they're, they're drug addicts and alcoholics and they've lost their way and they've been trained up in the way that they should go, but it looks like that they're not going to return back to that and they're just departing and they're doing their own thing. How are we going to reach these people? I'll tell you how. We got to get in the game. Every one of us, we have to get in the game. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. You should have got a little orange card today when you came in. Most of you filled that out. I will tell you, last week we had 179 people that we needed to add to the team. Do you know how many we added last week alone? 108. 108 108 I believe I was told some of those people are serving this weekend they're already serving there's an urgency now is the time to get off the bench Now, if you're part of that 108 or you're part of the 361 people uh, outside of that 108 that are part of our dream team and making this happen around here and being the hands and feet of Jesus, washing people's feet that are dirty when they come into this place, if you're already part of that, you don't have to fill this out. But if you're not part of that group, what's stopping you? Today is the day that you get in the game. You've got to get off the bench. God never called you to the bench. He called you to get in the game. You say, well, I don't know where I fit. Heck, just circle something and put your name down. A team member will get in contact with you. We'll find you a place. You may be like that lady that was back at the Waverly location years back. You may have to serve at the door and then over in the kids' department and and, and on a food team and on a hospital visitation team and all kinds of stuff before you ever find your spot. But get in the game. God's called you to do something. Are you with me today? If that's you I want you to prayerfully consider to get off of the bench and to get in to the game let me pray with you real quick I want you to hold this right here hold it in your hand hold it in your hand God you see the people that you've called off the bench you see the people that need to get in the game God you've called us to a higher purpose God there's some there's some sham in this room today and they feel like that the odds are against them. But oh no. Oh no, God, when you're in our favor, it don't matter what the odds are. It can be 600 to 1. It can be 5,000 to 1. It don't matter because we have the one that we need that makes us succeed in life. So Father, today I pray that these people won't feel condemned. Well, I'm forced to do something. We don't want to force anybody to do anything, but I pray that you'll convict our hearts. If there's people that knows that they have something in their life that they need to be doing, I pray that they fill this card out. I pray that they do something with it today. I want to pray for another group of people just real quick. Maybe you've come out of the stands and you find yourself attending church regularly, but you still do not have a personal relationship with Christ. Maybe you've got some sin in your life You need to confess that sin over to God You need to get back in the game Maybe you were in the game at one time And you come back to the sidelines And you're setting And life has wore you down You've been tackled 500 times You don't know how You're going to be able to get back in the game I'll tell you how You've got to allow the healer to come into your life And heal all of those things that have hurt you in life So that you can get back out on that field I wonder how many people need that today Would you just raise your hand real quick? if that's you in this room you say I need it yes thank you anybody else thank you anybody else yes thank you here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna pray a simple prayer pray it like you mean it you ready say Jesus I need you I can't do this without you I confess my sins to you today I'm sorry for being the person that I wanted to be but today I want to become the person that you want me to be save my soul be the Lord of my life in Jesus name amen amen come on give God a big old hand clap come on you can do better than that